What's going on? Welcome to Canel and Bell on this Wednesday. Big show we got to get to. The college football rankings came out last night. We're going to get a reaction to those. NBA will hit on that as well. Plus one Colin Kaepernick holding a workout for all 32 teams. What does it mean for him and his future? A ton of stuff we have to get to. We don't do a lot of baseball on our show. Correct. Understandably so. Uh, neither one of us are dialed into it. Super on 162 game schedule. What? I was in a high school practice yesterday. Yeah. Right. And or basketball. Or basketball. Yeah. Basketball. High school practice. Um, and I wanted to make an analogy to what was going on. And I said, how many of you guys watch baseball? <laughs> crickets crickets right, and my analogy problem. was going to be like we're trying to hit home runs here with our passes <laughs> instead of getting singles and doubles and getting men in scoring position with our passes and not one kid watch baseball not too surprising and that is something baseball is dealing with is how their popularity their sport is declining and it is not too popular uh among the younger generation which yeah. is problematic for the future well, they also could have a potential scandal on their uh, hands with what is transpiring with the Houston Astros. So during the playoffs this season, mm-hmm. uh, you had a scenario where they're all of a sudden ripping, uh, you know, the Tampa Bay Bucks, uh, Tampa Bay Bucks, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays pitching staff early in games, and they're coming out there, and there was some rumblings on Twitter. Hey, the Astros are stealing the signals. And most people were like, oh, okay, well, they're just really good at picking up on subtleties of how the pitcher is holding the ball in his glove. Right. And at the time, I was a little bit skeptical. I was saying, eh, are they really that good at it? And I relied on some major league voices, guys that are experts in that business, say, no, they really are really good at it. They right. take a lot of pride in it. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, enough. All right, I'll, I'll let it go. Then it comes out where Mike Fires, who was a pitcher on their staff for the Houston Astros, said that they actually used a center field camera to help steal signs during their 2017 championship season. Mike Fires came out and said the reason that he wanted this to be known, that he kind of came out and ratted, I just want the game to be cleaned up a little bit because there are guys who are losing their jobs because they're going in there not knowing. Young guys getting hit around the first couple of innings, starting a game, and then they get sent down. It's BS on that end. Um he goes in, I mean, he gives you, the details of how you, it happened. You give him back your World Series ring, Mike? Right, right, exactly. I don't think he is. <laughs> and he definitely broke the code. Like, yeah. you do not give out your trade secrets, especially no, if no, they're cheating. Yes. But what I do think is interesting is the Astros released uh, a statement saying, hey, we're still investigating. Like, they're not denying it. They're saying we're going to do an investigation. But it is kind of a unique circumstance and I, where I kind of wanted to take this conversation. And baseball, I think it helps a tremendous amount. Like, you're at the sure. plate as a batter. And you know there's going to be a fastball coming. You can look for that. I mean, look how many guys we said, oh, they couldn't hit the curveball or they couldn't hit off-speed pitches that derails their careers. Right. If you whittle it down and you know there's off-speed coming, all of a sudden it makes you that much greater a chance of success. So I do think it's a really, really unfair competitive advantage. And using technology, which if you're using you know, cameras and these types of things, that is outside the scope of, if you ain't cheating, you're not trying. Right. Like I get trying to steal their signs when everybody's trying to do it. Everybody in baseball has always tried to do it. Whether you're looking at the first base coach, you know, giving all these things and you're trying to steal them. If you're a runner on second base trying to peek in, but if you're using cameras, that to me crosses any sort of code that baseball would have. Yeah. That I think you would have to draw a line. Um, if you're using like technology to steal it because. You know, it happens in, in every sport. It's not just baseball. Like basketball, uh, you know, if, if, if you're out there and we're in the first quarter and I get a bead on, on, I don't know, the, 
I don't know, horns, horns over ISO, like whatever. Right. I'm going to start yelling that to the bench. So whoever's, whoever's job it is on the bench to like take down the plays and what's happening on the plays. That's in our, that's in our bank now. We know what you're running. So the next time he hears that call on the bench, he's going to yell out to me as a defender, Roger going over the top of both screens, going over the top of both screens, side pick and roll side. You know, right. That happens in every sport. Um, and I would even go as far as to say in basketball technology, is employed. It's not solely employed for stealing the signs, though. That we'll go back to film and see if we can catch a call on film. Right? You're going right. to use the technology to support what you think you heard in the game, but it's not like you got a camera just right there on the coach's mouth trying to catch every call coming out of his mouth. You know? Right? Do you think it helped you that much more if you were if somebody sure. told you, "Hey, go on top of the screen" or whatever it was? Do you think it helps that much? I think it does help to know, but. You know, in the, basketball, there's in there more it, of a free throwing. Like it might be a called play, but here's it what deviate from here, that. Play. Yeah, this is what happens in, in basketball. Like I can know where you're going, um, and try to. But ultimately, once you get the ball in your hand at the NBA level, it's you and me, right? You know, so like you know, good O is going to be good D all the time. So I'm kind of at you, you know, at, I'm yours once you got the ball. But it helps. It gives you a competitive advantage in just knowing, um, you know, the quick hitting plays mm-hmm. where you're just going to get some kind of screen and screen and you're going to come off for a jump shot. Um, if I know that, it helps me a lot because I can beat you to that spot. But for guys like James Harden and LeBron and guys like that, like it doesn't, really, it doesn't matter what you do to them. Kyrie, right. they get the ball, you're done. Right. Uh, I was in a game on Monday Night Football. It was my last start against the New England Patriots. And this is kind of one of those things. And the Patriots, you know, Spygate, Deflategate, they've right. always towed the line. This was not one of those circumstances. This is when you're just paying attention. It's really smart football. We were trying to run a little bubble screen to a receiver and we wanted to have um a zone coverage because if they ran man it's much easier to defend so okay. we were and then we'd we'd check off if they weren't in the right uh uh defense we would check out of it so we called it twice right and now your my cadence as the quarterback was any color except for black and you could make up any number like you'd say white 15 white 15 set hut or Red 30, red 30, set hut. So that was kind of my usual cadence. Right. Now on that one, and you also want to make sure your linemen pay attention. So I was saying black, which was our code name for it's an audible. Right. Black 18T, which is again, normal, not normal because you're adding a letter in there. Black 18T. So we had run this check twice already. Uh-huh. The third time we get out there. And I'm seeing it. I'm like, oh, crap. We got to check out of this. And I was kind of nervous. Like, man, are they going to realize this is coming? This is, yeah. Teddy Bruschi was the linebacker on the Patriots. So I go, but I'm like going black, 18T. And he's already. And he's over there saying, the toss is coming this way. <laughs> yes. The toss is You're coming. Like, like, he sprints over there. And that's like, that's the part of acceptable, like what we should have done sure. as the Broncos. And I was, I wasn't the entrenched starter, but what I would have said, and this is what a Peyton Manning would have done or a Drew Brees or a Tom Brady, somebody who's entrenched there said, all right, let's call black 18 T and we're going to, and let's run a bootleg or a naked or a play action pass off of that. Right. Instead, we ran black 18 T and Teddy Bruce like almost took the toss. Like he almost intercepted <laughs> it because he was all over it that much. And those are like smart things that, Hey, you're paying attention. That's on the opponent. What I do have a massive problem with if you're using technology, like that to me is what crosses the line. It's not just trying to find an edge. It's blatantly cheating. Yeah, and that's why to... I think major league baseball is going to have an issue. Uh, yeah. They, I mean, for a sport that really can't afford that. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's my, They've already had um, the steroid scandal, everything else that's unfolded. I'm trying to think what that, that might be like the equivalent of if we're having a shoot around, um, and, and we're in your arena, we're on the road and we're having a shoot around in your building and you're filming our shoot around. 
to 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 make Which sure is that what the Patriots did during yeah like that would be the because it's hard for me to find an in game equivalent with basketball right do you know what I mean but right. like that would really make it difficult if if you came out that night and you knew exactly where we were running exactly the way we wanted to play you pick and roll wise and exactly what we wanted to take away from Danny Cannell like, right that make it a little, you'd have a, a much uh, greater chance of success Joey's had some experience being on the bench being close to the action as advanced scout so Joey what were you trying what was some of your tactics well there, that you there's used? no tactics like in the NBA there's really no need for technology to figure out other teams calls like everybody knows that everyone's going to find out calls and this and that like when I was an advanced scout um, if you were the game out of the team you were scouting like if you're playing them next you would get a seat that was basically next to the bench and you could see everything and hear everything the coach was calling during the game so you knew what the calls were so you didn't really need technology but I will say when I was in college not in the NBA but when I was in college when we would go on the road during our shoot rounds we would walk up into the stands we would like peek in the boxes we would look in the in the in the aisles and stuff like that to make sure no one was taping us but that was a college thing more of a rivalry in the NBA we didn't really worry about it as much because again if teams are sending scouts to so many games and advanced scouts are sitting so close to the court, you don't you don't need it. Like everybody kind of has their book on what everybody's running. I, I I go ahead. No, the one the one the one thing I would say to Joey's point is, um, in the regular season, NBA teams like look, you're playing 82 games. You're right, like, right. Let's just get the shoot around <laughs> done. Exactly. I want to get back on the bus, go back to sleep. In the playoffs, though, people are really, really, really anal about making sure that not even. A, a custodian worker <laughs> crosses the threshold between like you know concession area and seats into the arena, or you'll ha- you'll have four security guards because those game plans become way more detailed. And obviously, you're you know all the money's on the line now. Yeah, but there were like, definitely some times where coaches knew that where the scouts sat, and they would they would do this when they made their call, or they would, right. they would do their signal like down here like this. But you know, actually, when I was when I was doing video, the league unintentionally. Did, had like a technology thing. I don't even know if they realized it. They used to have this site. I don't know if they still have it where they would put up every angle that was shot at the game. So they would have like low angles from cameramen behind the basket. And it was sometimes really close to the bench of the team that I was trying to scout. So I would watch these low angles that didn't have time on them, and I would hear the calls because the mic was picking up the bench, and I would match it up to the video to get calls. Like the league unintentionally was doing it for us. Yeah, there's definitely advantages that are out there. I always thought coaches were too paranoid with protecting. Like when my, my rookie year on the Giants, Dan Reeves was the head coach, and we had a practice bubble that we would go into if it was snowing uh-huh. or if it was raining. And I, I can't remember if it was the Cowboys. It was definitely an NFC East opponent, division opponent. Can't remember if it was the Eagles or the Cowboys or the Redskins. I can't remember which one it was. But it was like 70 degrees out, sunny, and we were going in the practice bubble. I'm like, well, what the heck are we doing? Right. Like, it's nice out. Like, why don't we go outside? And they're like, oh, Dan's paranoid today. And there was a hotel that was across the highway from our practice facility. He was convinced, Dan Reeves was convinced, that one of these teams would go get a hotel room in the yep. top floor and would film our practice. So we went inside. And I remember at the time thinking, man, and everybody kind of rolled their eyes like, he's crazy. Right. Now looking back on all these things oh, that have transpired, yes, sir. like no wonder we did that. Yeah. It made sense to do that. <laughs> the other thing that made me think of when you said during the playoffs in the NBA, you would have custodians. Every Before every Monday night game in Denver, we would do our final walkthrough Sunday mm-hmm. at the stadium, uh, at, at the home stadium. Right. And Mike Shanahan would be, there would be nobody in the stadium, empty stadium, except for the guys in the yellow security things, like that work at the stadium. Right. They would be at every entrance 
kind of making sure nobody was watching. But not only that, Turn they would back. all be back to the field because yeah. he didn't even trust them. Correct. And he would kind of he would hey, what are, you know, like what are you looking at? Yep. Like to have to turn around. Yeah. They could not look at the field. I'm like, no. but again. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. To this day, like if the Patriots were slipping somebody that, or any team was slipping something to get an edge, there's a lot of money at stake. That's I mean, the thing I kind of learned. I'm just cynical, I guess. Like, I don't know. I'm I was assuming, naive. I am assuming in any sport where, where millions of dollars in championships are on the line. Yes. That given the opportunity to gain an advantage, you're going to take it. You're going to take it. Yep. Even if it's crossing the line of what's acceptable right. in terms of cheating or scouting or whatever. I'm assuming. So I'm already starting with that. So I'm right. going to protect. Yep. D- uh, deal with the uh, the repercussions after. Yeah. So you get I mean, fined, whatever it is. We'll deal with that later. Let's right. go ahead and get the championship first, and then we'll deal with it later um, as you get there. All right. Let's hit on the college football because the rankings came out last night. Um, I didn't think there was any super surprise to the rankings. I thought the committee got it right with LSU jumping over Ohio State. Even right. though Ohio State put up 79 points and blew out Maryland, there's no way you could say um, that LSU's win over Alabama wasn't more impressive. The one thing that kind of resonates with me with LSU, they have four wins over teams that are in the current top 25 yes I mean, nobody else has a nobody else has three wins right. over anybody else that's in the top 25 there are some teams that have wins over two teams in the top 25 but four that is a really really impressive uh, resume so uh, no surprise for me that lsu jumped over ohio state <coughs> i do think there's a chance that ohio state you might see on the back end of a little bit of a flip-flop back and forth throughout the remainder month of the season sure lsu schedule is really easy Ohio State still has Penn State and Michigan. So I think Ohio State could retain that spot. But then ultimately, I do think if LSU wins the SEC and beats Georgia from the east, I think they'll be that final team in that scenario there. Two questions for yeah. you. Um, Joey, can you pull that back up? Can we get that back up? Because I want to I make sure I – if Ohio State should lose, mm-hmm. not to Minnesota um, let's say, or Penn State. Let's say they lose to Michigan, right? Mm-hmm. In their rivalry game, last and, game. And the they still go on to win the Big Ten championship, though. I think they're a lock. Okay. I do. I think the winner of the Big Ten, whether it was Minnesota, assuming it can't be Wisconsin or Iowa because they have multiple losses, and I think Iowa's actually eliminated. But if Minnesota was to win the Big Ten, I think they're in. I think they control their own destiny. Minnesota, well, they'd be undefeated at that point. Exactly. So that works. But yes. what if Ohio State if Ohio should State lose one and then wins? And then if they beat Minnesota, yeah. I think they would be in. Okay, I think the, they would be okay. Other scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those teams, for some reason, gets knocked out. Let's say Georgia loses. To Auburn this weekend. They could. To Auburn. Yeah. Um, and let's say Auburn doesn't skip Oregon or Utah. Right. You got Bama and four. Oregon or Utah, one of them beats the other, which is a top 10 win, and wins the Pac-12. Yep. They don't get in as a one-loss conference winning team? No, Bama I gets think in instead they of them? do. I think Bama, I don't think they should be in. I think they could be in some trouble. That scenario you're giving, I think the one big difference is that Oregon or Utah would have a championship next to their name, which is one of the criteria. It's not a requirement, but it's one thing the committee does look at and says, this is something we value. If Oregon or Utah are one-loss teams, and their schedules aren't fantastic, but Bama doesn't have anybody on theirs, right? I still think the committee would do the right thing and put the Pac-12 champion in as a one-loss Pac-12 champion. And you mentioned it. They're playing each other, so that's going to be another yeah. top-10 win they could add to their resume. The one thing Bama has, and this gets a little bit unique, if it's Oregon wins the Pac-12, 
and Alabama is sitting there as one loss, they would have a Auburn. common opponent, which if Bama's still one loss, that means they beat Auburn. And I think then it could come into play, but only if Bama waxes Auburn by like 30. And then they could say, man, Alabama might be a lot better than Oregon. Right. I still think. Well, Bama is better than Oregon. I don't know. Any, I don't know if they are. Any. I don't. I don't know if they are. Those think, cats got like 25 um first round picks. So what? It doesn't on, matter. On offense. It doesn't matter. Bama's I, I like they got two whole units on offense matter. that are all first round picks. That to me doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter. Like because it's a team sport, right? right? And I think Oregon actually would have a really good chance against Alabama. I think it would be a fun game. I think it would. I think it could be close. Now, if you had I to play it out, I would think Alabama could win seven times. Defensively, Bama's not the same as they normally exactly. are. Exactly. Yeah. And I think Oregon could score some points on yeah, them. You might be right. But I think you ultimately have to go back to resumes. What have they done on the field? Or else we'd be having Bama, Clemson, Ohio State play every year because they look the best. They have the most NFL talent. They have the best recruiting classes. They right. Would just that be can't in. be the So you yes. have to penalize teams for losing and not winning their conference. You know, yeah. there's just, there's a lot of flaws that are, there in are it. a lot of flaws because what I would say, like, it, like just watching the way this continues to fluctuate and the way teams are moving, it would, if I was a team like Oregon or someone like that, it would disincentivize me to play anyone. Right. Which I would, you, I wouldn't, like, I'd stay away from Auburn. Exactly. And that's why I think the committee did have the, and they actually referenced this, why Minnesota was still ranked eighth. They said, Hey, Minnesota's non-conference isn't really cutting it. You know, they, right. and, and they struggled against it. They played South Dakota State, you know, a couple other, yeah, Fresno like, State, no power five opponents. And really why they crushed Baylor. Baylor's undefeated and they're ranked 13th last night, which there are two lost teams over them. Florida and Auburn yeah. with two losses are ranked higher than Baylor. I have a problem with that. I think Baylor should be higher, but they're clearly saying, you know what? You haven't played anybody. They just talking to both sides of the mouth do, all the time. Which is what I've, t- I've tried to give this warning to college football fans. If you think you figured out the committee, you are wrong. Right. You will never be able to figure it out. In the end, they can justify their four selections for the playoffs. Any metric they, However want, they want that season. Mm-hmm. Joey, you got a question? What about, yeah, you were just talking about Baylor. But my, I was, my, I was wondering about the Big 12. I mean, like, what about Oklahoma? Oklahoma. If Oklahoma yeah. Wins the Big 12 with one loss. Where are they? I mean, see, I they, think they'll be fine if they do. I have a hard time believing that Oklahoma is going to do that. They probably have to beat Baylor twice, including once this weekend. We'll get a much better glimpse at them. But Oklahoma is a team who's out of conference is respectable. It's just the fact, like they played Houston, who normally is a pretty good team. They're not that good this year. UCLA is a power five opponent who they absolutely drubbed, which I think is a pretty good uh, resume builder there. I think that's a really interesting scenario. I think the Big 12 is in trouble, but here's what I would say. You can't eliminate them at this point in the conversation. Sure. Even though they're all the way down there at 10, I think they could still get back up there on the back end of their schedule. They have some better opponents, including an undefeated Baylor squad this weekend, where they could make a pretty significant jump there. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back to Cadell and Bell. So a random story unfolded yesterday, very random, but considering the timing of it, where you are in the NFL season, 
where things have been really quiet on the Colin Kaepernick front. That tells you all you need to know. <laughs> okay, so that's it. That's the beginning so, and the end of the story. Adam Schefter tweets out yesterday that there has been a workout scheduled for Colin Kaepernick, and it's going to be held this Saturday, which to me was a head scratcher because I was somebody who was. I had a lot of these workouts, probably right. about 10 of them. Mm-hmm. When I was out of the league trying to get back in, there, I, I was, I was, I was going to say 100% of the time, I'll leave open a little sliver. I'll say 98% of the time, these workouts are held on Tuesdays. Why? It's the universal off day when scouts, GMs, coaches can actually do, can scout because they're not game planning. They're not traveling to games. It's just the, the day that kind of things get done. Let me ask, it's let Tuesday. Me, I'm going to let you keep going. Uh, okay. Uh, what position is it most critical for your um, biggest decision makers to be at the workout? So what position? What oh, position? Quarterback. Okay. Yes. Right? A random lineman. Like, you need to pick one off the heap. You just grab him, right? But even then, they're still going to work out on a Tuesday. Okay. Right? So that was kind of the first thing that just seemed a little bit random. So NFL clubs were informed that a private workout would be held for Colin Kaepernick on Saturday in Atlanta. The other thing I was asking Joey, I don't know where Colin Kaepernick lives. I'm assuming it's Atlanta. Like, but maybe they scheduled it and they said, hey, you get there and we'll set it up for you. Um, and- the session will include an on-field work and an interview. All clubs are invited to attend. Any video of both the workout and interview will be made available to all clubs. The NFL arranged this workout opportunity for Kaepernick, and teams will have the opportunity to evaluate his readiness and level of interest in resuming his NFL career. His agents have always said he wants to return to the NFL, and the league hopes... This provides that chance. Yeah. All right, your reaction. Okay, it should have read, all teams are welcome to attend, even though we know you can't, and that's why we're doing it on a Saturday. Blah, 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 blah. The NFL hopes, all right, to put to bed any rumors that we don't want Colin Kaepernick back in the NFL. Therefore, we are providing this opportunity because that's all this is. Here's the one thing I would push back on you. Why do this at all if you're the NFL? Like, it's kind of been quiet. It's kind of gone away. A lot of the scrutiny, a lot of criticism. Yep. Attendance is back up. Ratings are up. Like, Don't the have NFL a great seems to be in a good spot. So why do this at all? I, and then if you did it, you did it wrong. Because I'm with you. It doesn't make any sense to hold this workout on a Saturday. Right. First of all, you in let... In the middle of the season. You let, in the middle of the season, on a Saturday, and Colin Kaepernick and company didn't find out until the Tuesday before it. Right. Like, right? Like... The participant in the damn workout didn't even know a week in advance, right? So right. that's number one. Number two, once they found out, they did request to, for them to change from a, from a Saturday to, to a, a normal Tuesday, Tuesday which to makes which sense. they were told no. And the reason they said no was because no other, um, facility was going to be available to them. Guess what? Does not have to be at an NFL facility. Right. A workout. It can be at any number. It could be at a damn high school field for Absolutely. all anyone really cared. It just has to provide the football field, the balls, and so on and so forth. So, like, there's a – I don't have the answer as to why, Danny, but I know all of the signs uh, that are coming out of that story point to them not really, really, really wanting to give, wanting to give Kaepernick the best chance to, uh, to show off for all these scouts. I will give Colin Kaepernick credit here because he tweeted out, I'm just getting word from my reps that the NFL league office reached out to them about a workout in Atlanta on Saturday. I've been in shape and ready for this for Straight. three years. 
Can't wait to see the head coaches and GMs on Saturday. I don't know if he was being serious or sarcastic on that last one. I think he's being serious. But if he thinks there are going to be coaches there, he's wrong. Like, and that's where I feel bad for him because they're not going to be there. They can't. Well, no, that, every coach is going to have to be on site. So that I part's tongue in cheek. Was, the first part, so though, like, I do too. I believe and, him to be genuine. And I think there are some people that speculate: Does does Colin Kaepernick really want to play? If he shows up Saturday and works out, he does want to play. So good for him for showcasing it, saying, I don't care. Put he, me in a bad spot. He's Put always, me wherever. He's I'll always show up. maintained that he wanted to play, though. Like, he's never said to anyone that. But I'm talking no about some playing. of his harshest critics that said, well, does he really want to play? If he goes out there and works out, I think he makes zero, you know, there should be zero question marks remaining about whether he wants to play or not. Do you, you've always been one that has said he is not playing again in the NFL. Do you still, you still going with that? Because I think there's a chance. I think this might open up the door for him. I can't say 100% anymore. Right. Because I can't. I hope. Um, he, no, I really hope he gets an opportunity. Oh, I hope he gets on a squad. I hope. I hope. Like I, I think it's better wrong. for our country. Yeah. I, I hope. Like, I, hope. Like, I, I think what's happened to him is an absolute travesty. Like, right. You know, we. I'm not even talking about the politics of it. I don't even want to get into that. But but the fact that that a guy with his skill set has been passed over by as many clubs has been passed over for some people that I've seen out there playing quarterback. Um, I, I think that's terrible uh, for, for a guy's career. So I hope he plays again, Danny. But I'm telling you, man, you, you typically don't sit out that long with the circumstances that surrounded him um, and get back in. So right. I'm just being a realist with that. I hope he gets back in the league. But I can't tell you that I'm confident that this is going to amount to much. Right. I just can't tell you. That. I wonder if a team, and obviously we'd have to have a team that's going to be able to have, you know, Thick skin, whatever it is, they're not going to be able to take some heat because whether whatever you think, you and I think, you know, there are going to be some people that are going to protest, sure. right? I mean, it's just kind of where sure. we are in the country, right? Um, the way the league is now, the way offenses are being run, what Lamar Jackson is doing, and I'm not saying Colin Kaepernick is the same runner, but he's pretty athletic. Yes, he is. And you're seeing guys like Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, um, Russell Wilson, what he's doing at an elite level. Again, I'm not saying Kaepernick is one of those guys, but if you have an offensive coordinator who's a little bit innovative and says, you know what, I can I can make it work. I can work that. What? Yep. Maybe he does get a chance. I would love to see it. Uh I do think it's a step in the right direction. Like the more it comes, and maybe, maybe this will kind of go and it'll happen and there won't be a lot of screen. Like, cause maybe people will just kind of let it bygones be bygones. But you know what's gonna happen is he's gonna get interviewed. And they said it's gonna be on camera. Mm-hmm. Whatever scouts, coach, GMs are there, you know what they're gonna ask? Are you gonna kneel? Yeah, during the anthem, and then, but has Colin, it, I know has he already said that he's passed the kneeling. I think so too. And he's I, already then, said that. Do you think? And Joey and I were kind of arguing about this before. Do you think he takes heat from his biggest supporters? And I hope he doesn't, because I think he's already made his stance. He's already put a lot, a tremendous amount, a lot on the line. And but we've seen Jay Z get criticized for partners, you know, being a sellout. Do you think Colin Kaepernick would be pegged as a sellout if he gets back? I hope he wouldn't, because I wouldn't think that would be the case. Yeah, he I, wants to make a living. I'm sure some people would but that would be wrong correct? it would be wrong because i hope that they can see that he's already sacrificed a ton for the cause that he he chose to stand up for right right he's already you know given up multiple years of prime earning potential for himself and he goes out in the community he puts his money where his mouth is in philanthropic efforts to further you know the movement that he's involved with so just because he decides to come back and kneeling isn't a part of 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 his advancing the the conversation anymore. I don't know that he should be criticized for that. You know, you know what would be I mean? really cool is if he came back, didn't kneel, 
but actually got to play and actually, cause we haven't really heard Colin Kaepernick speak that much on the issues that he's passionate about, that he was given a platform and all of a sudden he would have a voice again because he'd be on TV every single week. Right. He would be interviewed all the time and he would be an NFL player, which would help him promote the message that he wants to get out there. That he's, you know, we need to change our society, police brutality. We need to make it stop. How can we do some of these things? I think that could be potentially. A happy ending to a story that's been just yeah, one of the biggest, you know. You know what? If I'm being honest with you, though, he can't say any of that. He can, And when they're interviewing him, he if he wants to play football, he better not say none of that. See, I think he can. I just think he can't kneel. I think he can make the case because I don't think anybody Listen, argues against police If they ask that man, hey, Colin, all right, look, you're not going to kneel. We've gotten past that. Um, Are are you going to be uh, uh, An a staunch advocate for police brutality going forward? I think this is something that yes. our club, no, he cannot. Not in I think the he NFL. can. Nope. I think he can. I think I, that we will agree to they, disagree. Okay. I hope he gets that choice to get in front of a microphone and get asked that question. I, 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 listen, again, I want to make it clear. I, I want him to play in the NFL and still be able to bring awareness to some of the things that, that plague this country. Whatever's near and dear to his heart. I don't even give a damn what it is. I think right. everyone deserves the of right course. to do that. Of course. Um, I just don't think that those guys, the way they've treated him and the message that he stood for and the heat that they got because of it are willing to hear him say, hey, listen, if you let me back in, I'm going to still champion for that cause and have them let him back in. I don't believe they will. All right, we'll uh, keep you updated on it. Uh, of course, right here at CBS Sports HQ and on Canel and Bell of what exactly transpires Saturday. What does it mean for Colin Kaepernick's future? And if he does sign with the team, we'll be here to break it down. Let's- All right, welcome back to Canel and Bell. There was a controversy on Monday Night Football because mm-hmm. you had the San Francisco 49ers, Seattle Seahawks go to overtime. And when you saw Geno Smith, who was put out there, I guess it's the Seahawks thing. I'd never heard of this before. They send their backup quarterback out to call the coin toss. Yeah. So Geno Smith goes out there, and what does he call? It's a big controversy now. And it's sort of like the Laurel and Yanni deal when you heard those two things and different people yes, hear different right. things. I think he called tails. But the head referee says, okay, heads is the call. Right after I think he said tails. I heard heads. You heard heads? I heard heads. I'm telling you, it is not as clear cut as you're making it out to be. <laughs> but in any case... It goes heads, it comes down heads, they win the toss, they get the ball. So people are saying, all right, well, maybe that, because my initial reaction was like, if you said tails and the official says, all right, heads is the call. Like, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, why wouldn't you correct him? It was kind of quick, though. Okay. But then it was it a very heads up thing by Geno Smith to not say anything, because yeah. once you get heads, you're like, why would I absolutely. say Absolutely. You'd, pl- you'd play that off, like, absolutely, except there was someone from the other team out there. So if he, he heard you, he would have been yes. like, whoa, 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 whoa. Right. right. Um, and then it kind of brought up the conversation, and this is where I want to go because I was a, a math whiz in oh, college and statistics okay. and everything else. <laughs> when he was asked why did you call heads, he said Russell Wilson called tails to start the game, yep. and the mathematical odds always favor for you to go in the other direction. Now, I am a believer in this type of thinking, and I've referenced this a couple times. When you go to Vegas, you go to a, a, a casino, and they actually track the roulette table, and there's that long thing that has the list of numbers that have come up. If right. I have seen 10 black 13s or 20, whatever numbers they are in a row, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to play the odds that the next time on the 11th roll, on the 11th you know, roll spin of the roulette wheel, yes. it's going to be red. And yet I have gotten to heated arguments before with people who say, nope. Every single time you roll it out there, it is a 
50-50 or flip a coin, it is a 50-50 proposition. It's different, obviously, in roulette because there's the greens, which throw those off a little bit. But when you flip a coin, is it 50-50 every time? Or if you had 10 tails in a row, would you think the probability would increase that the next one would be heads? <laughs> yeah, I don't I mean, mind yeah, I, you're, you're getting into, I would think that it's 50-50 every time you flip that coin, but but if with you've like had if of you, averages, but no, but if you've had ten in a row, right. the probability that you would get a heads coming up has to increase, right? Like if you I had think ten so tails too. in a row, can that, I think can, so too. Can both of those be true? I can don't it think, be a I don't 50, know. 50 every time? Yet the probability <laughs> increases once you get twelve deep into one or the other, right? And I think where you get into it is if you flipped it a million times, it would be five hundred thousand, five hundred thousand. But you could get a stretch where it could be. Hundred in a row. I don't know, right? Yeah, but the odds would be against that in that window. In that, yes, when they come back, this Joey. What was your math? It's too bright a conversation for you, <laughs> well, you or I. Right I'll got to tell you guys, I did a lot of research on this, and yeah. this topic is almost as polarizing as whether he called heads or tails on the internet. Like people <laughs> are going at each other on the math. Um, also, in high school, I once told a math teacher that I would be quiet and not annoy him anymore if he just gave me a C instead of failing me. So that's my <laughs> yeah. math, and I believe that. Every coin toss is independent of the other one, so it's 50-50 every time. But there was one math site that said uh, there's if you flip a coin to back to twice, so you're flipping it twice, there are four outcomes. You could have heads-heads, tails-tails, heads-tails, or tails-heads. Right. In three of those combinations, you could have heads, which means that if you flip a coin twice, there's a 75% chance you're going to get heads, meaning... The first one was tails, so I guess that means statistically there's a better chance he was going to get heads. So you're saying Russell Wilson was right? Well, I don't know if it, well Gino, Gino, Gino. But, well, but yeah, but he that, referenced he referenced Russell, Russell Wilson earlier. I'm just saying that's that they're saying there's a 75 percent chance based on the combinations you could get if you flip the coin twice that you're going to get at least heads or tails once. <laughs> I'm more confused now hey. than I think I ever have been on this one. You know what I like to talk about? What? Sports. All right. Let's get back to sports <laughs> and stay away from statistics as we're both, I think, more confused than when we started this conversation. Um, the Houston Rockets, Daryl, their GM, yeah. Daryl Morey, sent, an, I think it was seven words, a seven-word tweet that sent the NBA world up in arms and the uh, international community as well with what it meant to China and their relationship with the NBA, there have been some um, numbers crunched that I don't think portray accurately the exact total. Right. But I think it does put it in perspective. League sources say the franchise has lost more than $7 million in revenue this season from canceled Chinese sponsorship agreements and nearly $20 million overall when you consider terminated uh, of multi-year deals that were actually calculated as well, I think that number pales in comparison even to what the Rockets potentially have lost sure. and to what the NBA has lost. I mean, I think you could add a, maybe a zero to that number. Yeah, these numbers are, are way off. Um, you're talking about... And th these are the ones definitively they can put it towards. Yeah, totally. But you're talking about major... like. Um, uh, deals to 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 show nba games in in china deals that that um you know irreparable damage has been caused to the to the parties involved in them like you won't really know what this figure looks like for years to come do you know what i mean like right. you're that the ramifications of this will play out over the next few years um as i'm reading this and i'm looking at it like the best thing that 
that that I think comes out of this is the conversation with the NBA and the MBPA about you know education um, for teams that are going to be playing abroad and for 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 talking points and for or, or maybe not even talking points, but just to educate them on the relationships and what's going on in the countries that they have these mega deals with, so that people don't wind up um, you know saying something that they don't know about. And I'm not saying that Daryl Morey did. I'm just saying right. going forward, like Daryl Morey fully probably understands the situation in Hong Kong and he supports it. And that's his right to do that. And, I, and I'm okay with that. But uh, there are a lot of guys that don't know what's going on with some of these countries. So you throw a microphone in their face when they're in a country, you know, and they don't understand what's really taking place where they're at. And they say something off, you know, and it costs the league millions and millions of dollars. So awareness is always a good thing. Yes. And they do a good job. The NBA does on a lot of fronts with awareness um, and and education, they need to they need to start doing that on this front. Uh, to to your point, many executives uh, in the NBA said they would like the NBA to develop guidelines for dealing with China and other politically sensitive topics, which we're always having ourselves yeah. having to tiptoe around. So I think that would be a smart policy. Another thing that I'm looking at, a couple things from this article um, that I was looking at that kind of caught my eye. One, I think with James Harden, we assumed the 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 damage to his wallet could come from the Adidas deal, you know, a couple hundred million dollars, and what it would mean in China. I wasn't aware, like, these guys have endorsements across the board, so it could also jeopardize James Harden's endorsement agreement with Shanghai's SPD bank credit card. Uh, Like, they got endorsement deals over there that wide-spanning, like, not only just shoe deals. The other bit of irony in here is that Daryl Morey actually at one time hired a Chinese firm a few years ago to help him manage his social media accounts in the country, Mm -hmm. including Weibo, and then that company dropped Morey as a client immediately following his tweet and then soon after security consultants advised daryl morty to install advanced protective software on all his devices and change his passwords i'd be a little freaked out if i was daryl morty yeah daryl morty is now like ennis Cantor with turkey yeah like don't don't you don't want to be like anywhere near china if you're daryl morty no yeah danny they also mentioned in the article um you mentioned the adidas thing but they mentioned that this isn't just affecting guys on the rockets this is affecting. This could affect guys like Clay Thompson, who's with Li Ning, and guys, oh, totally. or like Langston yeah, Galloway, who we'll talk about later, who's with a Chinese basketball brand. Like mm-hmm. these, these guys' shoe deals could be impacted by this. No, the, definitely. The NBA and and the money coming in from China uh, to the NBA over the last decade has been like it's it's just been a windfall of cash in a lot of different areas. You're talking obviously the TV deals or whatever, you know, the broadcast deals, the streaming deals, the the um, you know, you reference James Harden's bank, the shoe money, the yeah. you know, all there's just been so, you know, I I, I, I like guess it's... you know what, you might be lucky. In like as I'm thinking about it, if you're the NBA and 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 in Houston and you can quote 20 roughly 27 right. million dollars, even if it were to be 100 million dollars. Right. You might actually be lucky in that. Right. Uh, and it's kind of interesting that when this story comes out, it feels like it's all gone away because remember, I was always like, just they need the games to start to kind of get past this. Sure. I still don't think China's past it. Oh, China's not. You know, we may be, we might have moved on in our discussion, but I think China is definitely still holding out for this one. And it'll be interesting to see what exactly it means. Load management has been the topic of conversation across the country as far as it pertains to the NBA with mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard sitting out. LeBron James, he said his guy, AD. Yeah is out there going against everything of load management, saying, my guy's out there playing through pain, through a shoulder injury, and this is why we aren't buying into load management. We're going to go out there and we're going to do a little bit of old school. Uh, his quote, uh, when he talks about Anthony Davis, said, for him, when he's showing that grit, when he's playing through injuries, there's no reason for any of us not to be out there as well. He's been showing everything. Your thoughts on LeBron. I, I've always believed that if you wanted the load management 
narrative to change, it has to come from the players. Is LeBron trying to change no. the philosophy? No. No. No, he's not. He's just hyping up his teammate. No, and he's and he's he what AD AD is a guy who's missed a lot of games. Yes. A lot of injuries. Injuries have been a problem with him. You are trying to earn the respect of not only your team, but maybe more importantly, LeBron James. If you have a nagging shoulder injury, guess what you do? You play. Yes. Right? And yes. this is LeBron saying, I see you, bro. Like this is I this is what I expect, and I see you doing it, right? And 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 let's go, right? You know what I mean? Passive aggressive way of saying you're going to keep doing this. No, I don't. I think this is his nod and appreciation to we see you, bro. Like you're doing, you're here um, to win a championship. The narrative may have been something else regarding your pain tolerance level, but right now I see what you're doing, and I appreciate that because that's what we need you to do for this team. Do you know what I mean? Do you think there are certain guys that are going to try to prove that they're not load management guys and be out there and be like, hey, I'm not taking nights off? Like, I think a Russell Westbrook would be a guy like that. Maybe. Say, you know what? I'm going to go out there and play. To each his own. Yeah. Um, I do, I do, and I will, I will double down on this. I don't care what Michael Jordan or anybody says. If, if you're paying ultimately, um, as an owner, right? Like, what's the number one goal of a franchise, Danny? Win championships. Win championships. So you've invested, I don't know, $35 million a year in said player because you believe as the best player, he represents an opportunity to lead, uh, uh, for him to lead your team to a championship. Right. If giving him five to six nights off a year, um, statistically has proven to help lessen the chance of injury that would derail that opportunity to win a championship, it only makes sense. Let me ask you something because it was Mark Cuban, right? That's who came out and said he supports the load management. Yeah, I got, yeah, that's what Joey was saying. Let me ask. Yeah, something. just recently he came out yeah. and said it. But let me ask something: Do you think the Dallas Mavericks have a legitimate chance to win the, win a title this season? Probably a little bit more of a long shot. Like they're they're right now they're a six seed and they're six and four. You know, if maybe they can, but I don't I think anybody's pegging them. So I don't know what advantage it does to in his the, team. In their building, they might think they're the type of team right now that's probably not sure that they can't win a championship. Right, right. So they're probably optimistic yeah. saying, Hey, here we go. We're sitting at six and four. Right, so maybe that's a bad scenario. But if you're an owner of a team that's on the outside looking in and all of a sudden your stars are saying, Hey, Kawhi's taking nights off. LeBron, you know, whoever else is taking nights off, I want nights off. Are you still going to say that if you're an owner? No, look, I, I see again, I think the narrative around this is the wrong one. I don't think it's players going in saying, Hey, I want the night off. Give me the night off. I think this is an organizational thing. And the last time we talked about it, I said owners, owners, they're not the only ones though. I want to, this is organizational. This is, this is your, your executives, your, your trainers, your medical staffs sitting down. Like combing over data, looking at your injury history, Danny, um, figuring out what the sweet spot is for games played, minutes played per game, and then kind of figuring out what your season's going to look like with you. But it's not you just coming in saying, Hey, man, I'm taking the night off. This is an organizational decision. Yeah. Um, and so if you have an asset, if you've got a player on your team and you've got, you're not, let's say you're not in a championship run. Um, and, and he's worth $40 million. And the data says that if you run him over, you know, 35 minutes a night, the probability that he gets, that he gets hurt, like jumps exponentially. Guess what you probably shouldn't do? <laughs> Play him out there. You know what I mean? Like, yep. right? 
Welcome back to Canel and Bell uh, on this Wednesday. We got two showdown in just a minute. Yeah. There was a rumor, uh, some news reported that Jeff Bezos, 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 uh, the owner of Amazon, mm. wants to get into the NFL, wants to acquire a team. <clears throat> Interesting stat that came out on his net worth. He is worth $104 billion. I've seen some of those breakdowns of how much he makes per second. It's really depressing when you think about it. It's startling. He, like, it ah. would make him the richest NFL owner by approximately $92 billion more than the next guy. Ah. He could basically write a check for any franchise that he wanted. Imagine if he went after the Cowboys and was like, Jerry, I want your squad. Like, imagine yeah. the bidding war that would yeah. get. I don't think Jerry would give it up. I think he likes Jerry it wouldn't much. Not, yes, I, no. I think he like even if he said $25 billion, nope. Jerry would be like, no, I'm hanging on to him because he likes being out in front of the camera. So something to keep an eye out on that story as it keeps develop and i think if he wants it to happen he's going to be in it's just a matter of time all right for our shoe showdown our buddy ruben comes out with his sneaker king power rankings every friday this is volume three let's break it down you can go to cbssports.com to check out his rankings every single week coming in at number five langston galloway this is the nba's custom sneaker king because these are customs okay where's the chinese q4 brand these are some q4 veterans day Customs, okay. kind of like those, and then some Sonic the Hedgehog. I think our kids would like those. And they, is Sonic the, is he still popular? He must yeah, be popular. There's a movie, China. There's, there's a movie coming. There was. Yeah, oh, is it not out yet? Okay, oh. so there you go. Getting some uh, cross. It's a great game, by the way. Those are the the, yeah, the Veterans Day. Uh, I like the Veterans Day ones. Too. Those are pretty sweet. Yes. All right, how about Jason Tatum? The Jordan 34s. I'm starting to like a little bit, except I don't know if I like the colorway on these. Very busy on these childhood movies. Yeah, I kind of dig those. You I like the colors on those? Kemba was wearing them, too. I like those. I like the 34s yeah. in general. And then he had these, the ones that I like. Yeah, those are hot. JTs um, right there. All right. How about Jeff Green rocking the Jordan 10 camos? I'm more, if I'm going to go camo, I like traditional camo. One of two ways. I like the traditional, like, um, green, black, and orange, like, round. Or yeah. I do like the snow camo, too. I don't know if I like that version of it. Yeah. And then I think you like these Jordan 10 Seattle. Yeah, the Seattles, I like those, yeah. yeah. I, those are the most comfortable uh, Jordan to play in. See, I don't like that camo. I'm not a huge fan of that camo. They're like canvas, What are you too. trying They're to have? texture. Yeah, oh, okay, there are That's yeah. unique there. All right, how about Alonzo Trier, who comes out with a night beat? Uh, the Kobe 5, yes, sir. Miles Davis. Yes, sir. Those are pretty fresh. I like yes, those. little patent leather, the bright blue. Those are the best Kobe for me to rock with jeans. Yeah. Oh, see, now these I could see this colorway going with some jeans. Yeah. Those are the uh, Supreme Chaos right there. Those are hot. And the Kobe 6, mm, I which I kind of like. Those are, those, are, are those are the Kobe 5s. I like the Kobe 6 a little bit better, mm-hmm. I think, in those. And then how about number one? No surprise. One of the sneaker kings in the NBA, P.J. Tucker. Who came out featuring no, the Jordan sir. 21 red suede. Those are ugly. No, sir. Those kind of look like the Adidas ugly. I think they actually, Adidas has a basketball shoe they call like the ugly. Like those look ugly as sin. And then the Nike LeBron okay. 8s. Yeah. You don't see like that many LeBron throwbacks nowadays, but he is getting older. So those are starting to uh, show themselves there as well. All right. How about for releases this weekend? The Jordan 1 Fearless Melody Asani. Yeah, those are hot. Those Part are of the hot. ongoing. I do like those. It, it, and then, what does it say? Like, I kind of like some of the writing on the bottom. I'm trying to see what it says, though, and I'm struggling with it. Uh, but I kind of like those. If you want it was rare. Was had, I don't know what it yeah. says. But I kind of like them. And they're going with two shoes, different philosophies there. 
Do you get the watches like, on the top? I don't. Yeah, you get the watches on the top. You better get the watches on the top. Well, they're only 130 bucks. Those watches might not be that expensive. I and mean, it's a plastic. Somebody's oh, it's gonna plastic. Somebody's gonna swap them out with some Rollies, though. <laughs> you know, some somebody's gonna swap them out with some some bling on them. Uh, those come out this weekend. How about the Lebr- uh, Nike Lebron 17 red carpets? I like the red carpets too. I like this Lebron. I don't know. I think it's the sneaker toe box. Like it looks more like a running shoe. I've never liked that pod on the on the on the outer sole on the forefoot. Yep. Uh, but I do like how sleek the the, the front toe box is. On the All right. Shoe. How about my guy, Travis Scott, with the new cactus jack and Air Force Ones? I'm out. Yeah, I don't know if I love. They them. look like umpire oh. shoes. <laughs> yes, they do. With like, some padding yeah, to, protect to protect the top, the top of your, your foot. the top of your shoe. Zippers, you're doing too much. I still might have to do it just on the replay. Speaking of which, right, real yeah. quick. What All right, got? Go what you got? Thing. I go ahead. I went with the slingshots, and I know you have these. Hopefully, you didn't wear these today. Just Dude. simple, kind of old school. These were the J Crew special. What do you got? Yeah, I, I just I went with the Kobe Pro. Oh, <laughs> so that's why you were pumping up those. Yeah, I'm gonna guess that Ruben's gonna give you the nod. This is kind of I nailed it in this morning. Yeah, I had these, but I shouldn't have wasted my pro. I've been told runaway winner is Ron. Yeah. Uh, see that? Uh, now I got to bring some heat next week. Uh, I'm gonna have to go. To has the anybody? See, have you seen the new Kanye like sandal type of things? Oh, they're pretty. Fresh. Oh, they are pretty trash. Oh, they are. So yes. all right, we'll have pretty to bring trash. those up next week on the showdown. All right, see you, man. Have a good weekend. <laughs>